When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now we have liftoff. Welcome to the Now We Have Liftoff New York Jets podcast. As always, I'm your host, Frank Jam Piccolo. John is running a little late tonight, but I got my main man here, Greg. Greg, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and uh, let them know where they can find you at. Okay, so like Frank said, I'm Greg, and um, I do a weekly podcast on Saturdays, uh, First and 10 NFL slash New York Jets podcast. It's just me and my buddy. It's nothing fancy. We just sit and we talk Jet football. That's basically it. Very cool, very cool. Has it been uh, a lot of good things to talk about as as of late, probably the last 10 years or so? But uh, why don't you tell everybody how you became a Jets fan? Because uh, we're a special breed of people over here. Okay. Uh, I've been a Jets fan for 46 years. <laughs> um, just a little six-year-old kid at home and watching my dad and, you know, my older cousins and uncles watching them. and. I just latched on. It was it was like a family tradition on Sundays. Big Italian meal. You watch football. We watch the Jets. And that's how I became a Jet fan. And basically, that's it. There was no play or, you know, a highlight that reeled me in is that every Sunday, my, my uncles and my dad watched the Jets. And as a six-year-old, I sat there with my cousins and I watched. Not really understanding what I was watching, but... You, emu- you you act like you emulate what your dad does and your older cousin. So when they cheered, I cheered. When they went, oh, I went, oh. And the rest is history, <laughs> you know? Oh, I, could, I could definitely uh, relate to that. But uh, the last couple of weeks, me and John uh, have done uh, offensive, defense, and special teams report card. Uh, today we're going to be talking about our free agents at – we, that we both think that the Jets should resign, and then we'll talk a little bit about the cap casualties of okay. uh, guys that the that Joe Douglas possibly could cut to create a little bit more flexibility in the cap, so he could uh, build build his team in the way that him and Salah feel that the Jets need to go into the future, so they could start competing for the playoffs and hopefully a Super Bowl run, like. A la the Bengals, right? Yeah. But before we get into that, those uh, the Jets were at the Senior Bowl. They were actually one of two teams, the Jets and the Lions, coaching at the Senior Bowl. And it kind of came out that it's going to be Fant's job to lose that left tackle spot. What are your thoughts on that? You know, Frank, I got to tell you, and when you were on my show, I think we discussed this. 
I love Becton, but the weight issue scared me. He's a young kid, and the fact that he didn't recover as quick from this injury as he should have as a 22, 23-year-old kid worries me for his future and his health down the line. So I, I think they have to do what's best for this team. And right now, if fans the best option, they have to go with it. They have to go with it. I'm sure that's not popular with a lot of Jet fans, but, you know, that's how I, I see it right now. Uh, do you put any credence into the fact that he was probably also recovering from a foot injury in training camp, which could have been why he was slowed down by the uh, set injury? You know, I'm, I'm not a doctor. It, it could be the reason. The one thing I will say from me, personal experience, as my weight fluctuating, I'm only talking from me. When I'm carrying heavy weight or more weight than my body's allowed, my knees bother me. So if he's playing or trying to play a demanding position at a heavier weight, those knees are going to take a beat in that. You know, he's got to drop some of the weight. Now, I don't know if the foot could be part of the issue. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a doctor. I'm not pretending to be one. I just know when you're carrying a lot of weight, too much weight than the body could handle, those knees don't come back. They don't bounce back as well as they should. You know, and he's a young kid. He should have bounced back a little quicker. But let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's give him and let's see what happens, you know. Yeah, I know uh, when the injury happened to Becton in week one, me and John Bolt said that we thought that was going to be a season-ending injury, just dislocation of the kneecap. And and then the Jets came out and said it was going to be five to six weeks, and we're like, kind of like, okay, but not really believing them on that yeah. just because of, you know, that, that's a freak injury. That's kind of like tearing an ACL, MCL, okay. not, not to that severity, but the – you know, it's, it's just such a weird injury and all the ligaments. But that being said, I, I do agree with you. I think Fant played at a, like an all-pro level this past okay. year. So I, I think you have to give him that opportunity. And and I think it kind of well-rounds the offensive line. Even if you got to move Becton over to the right side for a year, two years, light that fire underneath his butt. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to get to see what type of football player he actually, actually is. How much does he – love football or is it just that is it just the money for him okay i think we're going to see that this year right because if if coach already came out and said it's kind of fans job to lose beckton's working from from the b position now on the depth chart he's got to show that this is his job he wants it back so we're going to learn a lot this year from beckton like you said if he really wants to play football is all about the money you know we're gonna we're gonna learn all that absolutely so uh Let's get into um, our free agents, right? So the Jets, as of today, Mm -hmm. have 40, a little over 48 million in cap space. Okay. Out of all the free agents the Jets have, is there any player that you would say is a must sign for our New York Jets? Okay, I'm probably going to get killed for this um, because I don't think you can never have enough O-line depth. I would love Morgan Moses to come back. I think he played well enough for us. I don't mind him coming back. Um, It's probably not a a popular opinion. I don't mind um, um, 
oh, I can't think of his name. Lou Ray. I'm I'm drawing a blank on LDT. I wouldn't mind him coming back. Um, I I do want I do want Berrios back, and a lot of people I've been talking to, we've been butting heads on this. The problem I'm having with Berrios is what's the dollar amount for a guy like Berrios? As good as he played for us, um, Frank. Once free agency happens and once the draft is done and we see what we bring in and the pieces, he's going to be back to a fourth, maybe a fifth receiver. What are you paying that? Like, what's the right amount to pay a Baxton Berrios in your mind if you were the GM? Yeah, see, me and John kind of discussed this yesterday. I don't don't think it matters so much with the Jets because I think they're going to use – if they do re-sign Berrios, they're kind of going to – use him like the 49ers are using Debo, right? Which which is probably not the best way to use him because I believe Elijah Moore should be used in that role. But I think the Jets view Elijah Moore as a more complete receiver. We put out there that the Jets could maybe do a three-year deal, $20 million, and make those first two years guaranteed where that's going to entice him enough to come back because you're – you're talking over six to seven, four, a little less than seven million dollars a year. So you're he'll he'll be making probably around guaranteed thirteen million. And there's right. only a couple, there's only a handful of teams that are going to throw that type of money at him. I could see New England doing it, but other than that, I don't see too many people, too many other teams doing that for a pretty much kick returner. Yeah. Or pod returner, right? Okay, that's a that's a lot of money to throw at a even an all pro kick returner. Yeah, no, I know, and, and and that and that's and that's and it's funny that you guys say that because me and Kevin, my partner, we said the same exact thing. Now in week ten, someone DM'd me and asked me if I was GM, what would I sign Berrios for? And at the time, I said I do two year. 20 million, 10 million a year, I make 8 million of that 20 million guarantee. But then as the season went on and I saw, you know, he got better as the punt return. Anyway, by the end of the season, I upped it to what you said, three year, 25 million. And I said, you know, 12 million of it guaranteed. And I thought that was the right number for him. But I keep hearing that his cam, and again, this is just hearsay, right? He said, she said, they said, we said, he wants more than that. And I, and I don't know, and I understand in different, in our scheme, maybe we use him differently, but in my, in my head, I'm not an X's and O's guy, as you know, he's never going to be more than the fourth receiver on our depth chart. What do you pay that guy? Are you breaking the bank for him? That's my worry, you know, but that's yeah, just with, my yeah, yeah, without a doubt, you know, you're not going to pay him what you're paying Corey Davis, right? They, mm-hmm. they don't do the same things, you know? Yeah. As Jet fans, you know, obviously we have our problems with with Corey, you know, with the drops and whatnot. And hopefully that gets better with more time with Zach and they become more on the same page. But I think there's – and me and John are going to talk about this in the coming weeks. I think think it's time for the Jets to start moving off of that – rebuilding phase and start going into that competing phase now. So okay. when I'm so when I'm looking at the free agents that we could possibly sign, right? 
I don't I don't see a player here that the Jets are going to franchise tag. The Marcus May tag is going to be be way too much, being that they tagged him last year, right? And then mm-hmm. he had all those legal troubles. I think they're going to let Crowder walk. He's going to be 29 years old by the time the season starts. And okay. then the other guys you could pretty much sign, right? I think that I think it's imperative that the Jets sign Duvernay Tardif. Okay, yeah, that, I couldn't say the name. I'm glad you cleared that up. <laughs> I think it's imperative because you saw the growth of Connor McGovern once we got rid of once we plugged Duvernay in and um, Van Roten got to sit on the bench, right? We had a real starting guard there, and it kind of solidified. The run game improved. Zach's interceptions dropped dramatically. Uh, So I think it's imperative that the Jets sign Tardif. Okay. Frank, let me ask you a quick question. I don't mean to interrupt you. With that being said – I know I got I got some flack from Jet fans from for saying that I want the center from Iowa in the draft. I want that Taylor Lindenbaum, and I got a lot of slack from people saying one you don't get a center that high either at four or at ten. And my comeback was that he could solidify us just like um, McCready did for the Chiefs when he played center. Just like back then with Mangle and Mawai, when we brought in that center who could get that line, you know, on, on, on even level, like on the play, you know, as our leader, that can make a big difference for us. But I got killed because everyone says he doesn't play more than one position. You need players now who could play more than one position on the line. You need more versatility on the line. What is your take? Would you take him if the Jets wanted him at four or at ten, or is that I would, too high? I wouldn't, and, and I love <laughs> and I love Linderbaum. I think Linderbaum is the best centered prospect to come out in probably the last fifteen to twenty years, definitely okay. since the Pouncey brothers, right? Okay, I okay. think he's that's, that's I, praise. Yeah, I, he's right up there with the likes of Nick Mangold, and that's how. how and I was scouting him throughout the whole college football season because okay. that was a big. That was a big need for us in the beginning of the year. But when you looked at the improvement from McGovern, right? So there's a couple of guys that the Jets can hit if the draft falls a certain way, Mm -hmm. they want to go offensive line. But the improvement that the Jets offensive line showed with Duvernay makes me think that they're going to be okay more than okay with the offensive line because offensive line more is about continuity yes. than, than it is about having the five best offensive linemen. No, agree. Agree. But we're talking about now, we're looking at, is it the right side? You're looking at McGovern, Duvernay, and let's say possibly Moses, right? Am I correct? I No, I think you're looking at Beck. I think you're going to look at Beckton. Moving over? Right okay. Because and, I'm saying that, that side's a little too old now and it worries me. We want to keep Zach healthy for 10 years. Let's build a young line around him so this line grows together. Almost like, and I know, and don't get me wrong, I know there were some veterans on the team, like when we got to Brickishore and we had Mangle and those guys grew up with Sanchez. And they, even though I know we have Faneker and we had Damian Woody, you know, some veterans and, around, but. And don't forget Brandon Moore. That that yeah. offense, that offensive no, line that was, was loaded. That, no. that was low. That was one of the best offensive lines the Jets had. Agree. 
that that goes right there when you talk about Kevin Mawai, Jason Fabian, yes. yeah. uh, who was the other guard that the that the Giants um took Not away yet. from the Jets. I'm I'm You're blanking. Talking about Elliot, Jumbo Elliot? No, no, no. no it was no. Uh, after Jumbo. But you know, you talk about those offensive lines, right? You don't. You don't have to always draft. You know, Brandon Sheriff is probably going to be a free agent. So if they wanted okay. to get some depth or or have Duvernay as a depth piece and then you're plugging in Sheriff into that offensive line, and that's also a way to do it. Right? Yeah, that's fine. Um, that's fine. And, and this is why I like talking to other people because we have a different opinion. I would never say that is wrong. That's not the way to do it. I like to hear what other people have to say, and I'm glad you, you brought a different spin on it. But also, you, you would like to sign Moses. I am dead set that against signing Morgan Moses. I thought okay. it was going to be a great signing after breaking. He's going to be 31 by the time the season rolls around. As you said, he's getting a little bit long in the tooth. Mm-hmm. And I, I just didn't see it from him. Okay. I, I really didn't. I just, I just thought – you know, maybe it was a scheme and me and John kind of went back and forth on this all year because okay. I, I was kind of taking him, taking Morgan uh, to task on his uh, his play. But supposedly okay. he was fighting an injury, a uh, foot injury all year, mm-hmm. foot and knee injury all year. But now was that, John in favor of Morgan? Did he? Yeah, like, he liked, he, he liked, he liked, he liked, yeah, he liked Morgan. Okay. okay. Uh, Greg, if you had a choice between re-signing Mike White or bringing back Joe Flacco, who are you leaning towards? I liked Mike White. I, I don't, my Flacco. I understand everyone wants the older head in the room, somebody that these the the young kid could go over and talk to, but. I, I don't want – I'd rather have Mike White in my opinion. I, I'm sure the Jeff fans see differently. I'd rather have Mike White. Who do you want? Who would you like to bring back? I'm not sure. Like, Mike White's okay. He played well in spurts. That that Bills game scared the crap out of me. It really <laughs> did. Okay. I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't like seeing that, but I kind of expected that to happen. And if I'm being all honest, I'd probably bring back both of them. Okay. Were you upset that we lost Josh Johnson? Not really. Okay. Josh, Josh Johnson is Josh Johnson, right? I know. You know, he is who he is. He but he is... seemed to fit. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, he seemed good. to fit the scheme well. Like he played the position well when he got in. You know, I understand he's a journeyman, but couldn't he be that veteran that Zach could lean on, even though? You know, he doesn't have the experience like a Flacco doesn't playing in big games. I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm just asking as a as a Jeff fan. I think that's what's important, and I think that's what the Jets wanted. I think they wanted, you know, when you look at Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco's won a Super Bowl before. Mm-hmm. And he didn't and it's not like a Trent Dilford type of no. Super Bowl win. He he had to play well for that team to win the Super Bowl. You know, and he, he earned a big money contract because of it. You know, he had to beat the Pats up in New England. He had to win a, a lot of big games, make a lot of big throws. And I think – and I I don't think it's coincidence that Zach's turnovers went way down once the Jets traded 
for Flacco. Okay. okay. Right? Like, it, it, it's fact. You know, I might be wrong and I might be overvaluing the trade, but okay. to me, I, I thought that was a great trade. Okay, so you think if I'm, – I'm, if I'm understanding you right, you think Zach's interception went, interceptions went down because he got Flacco in his ear? Or do you think the injury gave him a chance to sit back and watch two other guys run the offense, and he said to himself, I could do this. I could make this happen. Just I'm, you know, I'm better than these guys. I can make this happen. And just by watching, taking that month to sit back and watch, he realized, okay, now I'm seeing it. Now I'm watching it live, how it's playing out. Or so, but you think it was Joe Flacco then who was in his ear telling him. Well, it's twofold for me, right? Because they brought Becton, which is his personal quarterback coach, and they moved uh, LaFleur up to the box. Mm-hmm. So now now he's interacting with somebody that he's interacted with since high school. Okay. Is. And I think that was a brilliant move by the Jets because not only did it kind of calm, calm everything for Zach mm-hmm. and help build his confidence back up, but Becton also got to see how the Jets want – Zach to play quarterback. So now we're going into this offseason. Beck's no longer under contract with the Jets. Now he could show Zach, all right, this is how we're going to attack this offseason because this is how Salah, LaFleur, Douglas want you to play the position. You don't have to be Aaron Rodgers on every play. It's it's okay to hit those check downs, right? Like Mike, like Mike White did against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. It's all right to give the Give the ball to your playmakers' hands, and they get paid also. Let them, yeah, yeah. Let, yeah. let them make those plays. So I, 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 so I think it's a combination of everything for Zach, and I think I really expect Zach to have a big, big year uh, in year two. Okay, and that's just my expectations, and of course we're all gonna, you know. It all depends on what the Jets do and free mm-hmm. agency and the draft and who they bring in, who they don't bring back, who they trade away. And I'll get I'll get your opinion on that, you know, in the next coming weeks, because we're going to start next week. Me and John are going to talk about free agent targets, mm-hmm. maybe a little trade targets here and there. But as as I'm looking at at our free agents that are available. There's a couple names that kind of stand out. You got Tevin Coleman, Jeff Smith, Gidry, and Foley. Any of those guys you'd bring back? Repeat those names again real quick. No problem. Tevin Coleman, Nathan Shepard, Jeff Smith, Fully Fadakasi. You know, I think I don't. I would love them to bring back Fadakasi. I don't think they are because of all the money they put into Jonathan Franklin Myers. And then what we're looking at is it next year that um, Quinn uh, Richardson is up, uh, Quinn Williams is up for contract. So I think they're going to either make Fadakasi walk or not only make him, they're going to actually what I think they're going to do is they're going to make him test the market. See what the dollar value is and see if it's worth matching. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Are you willing to pay him? What, do you, what are you going to pay him? 
You're going to put all the money now, all our money into three players with Jonathan Franklin Myers and Fado Kasi, and then what, you're going to have to play Quinnen next year? Yeah, I hear you. I've been I've been on board of not um, re-signing fully. He said he's going to test the market. I think his market's going to be a little too steep for the Jets, uh, even though I think possibly after this year the Jets should tag and trade Quinnen. Really? Yeah, that Quinnen doesn't impress me. Wow. I expected a lot more out of Quinnen, especially coming into into this defense. He does just now. Now, Frank, I know you told me a while ago that JFM was playing out of position. So you feel like once he gets in the right, we're going to see the guy the Jets paid this money, right? Because I, I'm known for saying that. Once he got this money, I felt like he retired. Yeah, but not, not really. You got to look at the pressure rates, right? Mm -hmm. Like, well, that's why his, I'm asking you. You're yeah, his pressure. Guy. His, I, I, you know, his his pressure rates were good. Like he, you know, okay. he had a couple games. But when you look at that Jets, when you look at that Jets defensive line, you know, Quinton was out for a stretch, and even when he was playing, there were stretches where you, you didn't even know he was out there. Okay, and they they were using a JFM as that speed rusher. You had Bryce Huff that was hurt. Okay. Uh, Sheldon Rankins was hurt for part of the year. Like it it was it was tough. It was it was tough sledding this year. And I think by moving JFM inside and outside, where you're using him like um, a utility knife is what suits him best, especially if Lawson comes back to how he was performing in camp. Okay. I, I think the Jets are going to be looking at a defensive line that's going to be very strong, especially from from what we're hearing about how high they are on the seventh rounder from last year and Jonathan Marshall. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see what the Jets do – going forward with that. I wouldn't be – I actually, out of all those guys that I gave you, the guy that I want to see them bring back is probably Tevin Coleman. I okay. think he played well in spurts for the yeah. Jets this year. So does that mean you want P. Ryan to walk, right? He's one of the names you mentioned. Did you mention P. Ryan? No, P. Ryan, P. Ryan is, uh, I believe, going into the last year of his contract. But I do think the Jets should uh, – Cup Piran, I just don't think he has it. And my listeners know that I said before the season, I said that Piran was going to be the key to opening up this Jets offense. But I think it's imperative that the Jets find a running back that is different than Michael Carter. They're they're going to need to find that Lamont Jordan type of bruising running back that the okay. Jets haven't had in a long time. Okay. Right, so be so before we get into our next segment, as always, this podcast is brought to everybody by DraftKings. As we know, football's over, but but sports fans, if you feel <clears throat> the latest offer from DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the in between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, 
you could still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot of millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 years or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Voidware prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. And in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text Hope NY, which is 467-369. Now that the bills are paid, <laughs> Greg, let's talk about guys that could be cap casualties this year. Which guys would you want to cut to open up a few more dollars in cap space so the Jets could possibly go big ticket hunting for guys like maybe Devontae Adams. All right, well, Greg Van Roden has to go. That's going to free up a little over $3 million. Uh, Since I'm in love with the center and I know you don't and I want him here, I, I'm willing to cut McGovern. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate for, for that one, but that's going to free up a good uh, $10 million. Uh, and, and probably Sheldon Rankins as another six million could go. So we're looking at what those three players over twenty three million, a total of twenty three million right there. So I mean that that's a start. But what what do you what do you want them to do? All right. I know you said earlier you like McGovern. So I I'm do. Gonna... I do like Mc. I think. I think number one, I'm going to try to find a trade partner, and I'm going to try to trade C.J. Mosley. Really? I think, yeah, wow. I, I I am. I know. And wow, I wish John was on here because I think we would go at it a little bit because I okay. think because we both think the Jets need that veteran presence. I think that was good, but there are too many. He was too inconsistent last year, and I know it was his first year back. Mm-hmm. You know, but he had a really good. He did have a solid year when you look at the stats, mm-hmm. and I think a team, maybe a team. That's defense underperformed like a team like Kansas City that needs help okay. on the defense would would pay I don't know third round pick and the Jets could start using these picks that we've acquired to move back up into the first round and I think that's where you might see the Jets get that Linder bomb right in wow. that. 20 range like if the Jets could get three first rounders in this draft okay 
by giving away these third and fourth and fifth round picks, coupling them with certain players, I think I think that's where we're going to really start seeing this growth because I think Quincy Williams is going to be the Jets' future Mike linebacker going forward. I think he showed enough last year. He's showing that growth, and I, and I think he's going to be a really good asset for the Jets. They just got to – I'm sorry. And they they just need to find those outside linebackers because obviously Jared Davis wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sherwood and Hamsa Nazardine was hurt for the majority of the year, so we didn't really get to see what what they could do. So that's what I that's that's starting off right. And out and obviously Van Roten, you got to go. He's terrible, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I would I would cut Croft. Was it Croft? Yeah, the tight end? No, it was Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin, okay. he's got to go. That would save another $3.5 million. Okay. And then, and then you know, you got tough decisions, right? You got Justin Hardy. If they were to cut Justin Hardy, they'd be saving roughly $2 million. Okay. But I think it's important to have a guy like Hardy on the team. He He's just got that attitude that – the. I feel like the Jets haven't had him forever, which is why I like Sheldon Rankins also. Okay. Like, no one wants to come here right now. No one. And these guys decided they want to come here. They wanted to help change the culture. I don't think it looks good to get to rid of them. To okay. cut them after after one year when they're solid contributors. Okay. Like right. I think I think Mosley makes more of a sense because he's always played in that three four type of scheme and okay. I don't I don't know if his body type is ever going to fit what Sal is looking for. You know, when you talk about solid middle linebackers, it's more those Fred Warner types where they're converting from safety and coming down into the box. Those type of guys. It it doesn't it doesn't worry you. Let's say let's say it comes true and they do trade Mosley. It doesn't worry you that this team lost their defensive leader. He is their defensive leader. You not for doesn't... not for a team that was thirty one overall in most major statistical okay. categories. Like right. when I, when I watch a Jets game, I don't I don't think and say, oh wow, this this Jets team or this Jets defense is playing out of this world, right? Yeah, which they were, and we know that. Okay. No, you you know, even like everyone for some reason thought these defensive backs played really well, but I, besides Hall, I th- and me personally, I saw more wild plays from Eccles than I did anyone on the defensive backfield. Okay, but that but that was the best part of the defense was the defensive backfield. When you talk about Michael Michael Carter the second, Brandon Eccles, he picked off Tom Brady against Tampa yeah, Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon Hall had a great year. I think mm-hmm. if he keeps making those strides, that he's going to be a really good mm-hmm. n- number two corner, possibly a number one corner in this league. But if that if that doesn't happen by the Jets keeping an aging middle linebacker who might be past his prime, who's never played in a 4-3 defense until last year. Yeah. I, you know, and this is where I, I might disagree with you. We When we heard Salah say all offseason that 
They weren't too concerned about the DBs. Remember, we even we were even freaked out when they said they were going to do this by committee, and we're like, "Oh, how do you do that? How do you do that?" Because he said it's all predicated on the uh, the defensive line attacking the quarterback, getting after the quarterback, and if you can't, these these cornerback and safeties are going to burn anyway. Our D line never attacked the quarterback the way it should, and these these young kids held their own for better or worse. I know what you're saying. We were the 31st ranked defense, so it's hard to really say. I thought I was impressed with the with the the cornerbacks and safety play. I really was more so than our linebacker play and our D line. I think was just atrocious all year. But again, that's just my take on it. You were saying how J, uh, JFM is with a lot of pressure and all that. And like I said, you're the X's and O's guy. I'm not. I'm I'm the type. Of, I'm this Jeff who just watches and sees with his eyes and. I don't I don't look at the schemes and the, the X's and O's. That's just not me. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not that type of a guy. I just know what I see. And I, I thought that the DBs and the safeties played well. I was happy with everyone. Even some of the backups they brought in. Like, what was the kid they got from the Eagles? Uh Riley. Riley, he played well the couple of games that he was in. But that's just my take on it. And I'm sure people are gonna have different takes, and that's fine. But um yeah, I thought I thought the DBs played well, so I'll, I'll disagree with you there. But everything you said, it, it it makes sense. I'm not again. I'm not gonna say you were wrong, and I'm not saying I'm right. I just I was happy with the DB plays. I think if we could get a pass rush that could get in the quarterback's face and and one or two less seconds that quarterback has to sit back there, those DBs back there are gonna look even better. And that's just my take on it. Absolutely, right? Like, the more pressure you – and that's kind of been San Francisco's M.O. San Francisco's M.O. Uh, when Salah was with Seattle, that was definitely their M.O. You know, pressure the quarterback, play zone defense, and that is probably the the way to go. We – NFL hater just put that he heard that the Chiefs might have $72 million in cap space to sign free agents. How is that even possible? Well, if you're if you listen to this podcast, you know that we say the cap space is like the stock market. It's imaginary. You could finagle it any which yeah. way how you want to finagle it, as long as you got a smart guy running things. Um, the Chiefs don't really st- they're not really they don't really scare me with when it comes to the Jets and what we need to do to improve, right? The Jets are probably gonna go after I would say definitely one wide receiver and free agency, probably okay. some offensive line help. And a then tight I end? think a, a tight I end? Think, yeah, they have to. They have to. They have to hammer that, I believe. Okay. And then and then they gotta I think buy a defense. And, and that's my philosophy. I, I believe that you buy your defense and then you build your offense. Let your offense grow, especially with a young quarterback. I believe that you should let that grow naturally. I don't I don't primarily believe that you should buy like if you're close, like Buffalo, you know, Buffalo did it with Diggs, right? They brought Diggs in for a first round pick. And that's gonna kind of Kind of bring me to my uh, next part. NFL Hater also says whoever gets Allen Robinson is going to be a steal. I'm not too sure about that. Uh, he's a decent receiver. I kind of put him in the Corey Davis 
categories, right? You know, he he played with uh, Justin Fields, who's a good quarterback, and he did absolutely nothing this year. But being that I respect your opinion, but you're not going to be on with us next week when we talk free agency. Who's your couple guys that you would want the Jets to sign in free agency before we get out of here? Good question. Um, I like what's what's the, the is it the tight end from Dallas Schultz? Schultz is great. I love yeah. Schultz. I like him. Um, I'll be honest with you. I haven't I haven't dug into the free agency yet. I haven't really gave it a thought yet. I will if you had me on three weeks from now. I'll probably have more to say on what I think. But uh, so I, I right now I, I feel bad. I feel like I'm leaving you hanging. You were nice enough to have me on. Uh, I can't answer that, and I haven't really. The, the, I would love the tight end. Um, I don't know. I'll leave it at there for now. I'll leave it there with the tight end. Well, let I, me throw let me throw a couple names at you, and let me tell you what you think about these guys. What are right. what are your feelings on Michael Gallup? Not not bad. Do you feel that does his knee injury scare you at all? From Shouldn't all shouldn't all knee injuries scare you? Anybody with a knee injury, like the knee, the knee is such, you know, such a sensitive any little thing. You even non non contact, you like you know, just planting the foot wrong could set you out for for weeks, for months. So uh, you know, when it comes to the knee, it has to scare you. It has to. What are your feelings on Mike Gusecki? Every time I watch him, he just looks like a stud. But he's one of the names I saw on the list to stay away from. He, one of the free agents yeah, I saw. I And I know, and I hear guys say, you got to stay away from Gusecki, like all the talking heads, right? I Like, like you, right? I, I kind of watch with my eyes, and my eyes tell me that Gusecki's kind of going to be like a Dustin Keller-ish type of football player where he's going to struggle in the blocking scheme, but he's going to be a mismatch for anyone down the field. He's I said going into the end of the season that the Jets have to sign Gusecki. I I love Gusecki. I'm going to talk more about this next week. So you could, everybody like subscribe, comment. So there, there's that you got the, Oh, what's the, what's the receiver from Jacksonville? I, we'll talk about that next week. But I posted on Twitter about a month ago about would you feel comfortable giving up a first rounder for Calvin Ridley? Obviously not. But the bill obviously not a first rounder. But the Bills went out of their way to trade a first round pick to bring in Stefan Diggs to help out their young quarterback. What? Would you feel comfortable trading for him with what happened last year with him? Or are you just going free agency draft to build this offense? Or is there another receiver that you would want to trade for? Well, let, let, let me, let's go back to the digs for a second. That was two years ago. The Buffalo brought him in. Correct. Buffalo was already a playoff team. He was the next piece to get them to that Super Bowl, correct? I I wouldn't I wouldn't trade the farm right now because we have to take the next step, which is 
10 wins, a, a playoff berth. I'm not giving away the farm to bring in the big name wide receiver if he's not the final piece. This team has too many holes, too many things they need to, to mortgage the future. So that's my take on it. And people might say I'm crazy or I don't know what I'm talking about. But it's not like we're one player away or it's the next step. This team, you know, needs multiple pieces to, you know, so to just bring in the one, I, I wouldn't do it, but that's me. Would you, is there, would you be willing to trade a second or a third round pick for Ridley being that the Jets are going to have to pay him coming up soon? I don't think so. Okay. Is there a play? So there's no wide receiver that you would feel comfortable with trading a second round pick for to help Zach Wilson out. No, I mean, I, 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 I guess what, what's Ridley's contract? Do you know off the top of your head? If, if we did that move, which he'd probably be the best move, what do we have to pay him? What's left on his contract? Is he a free agent? No, it's a trade. You said so. What, what would, what would we have to pay him? Oh, I think you're looking. You're probably looking at a Stefan Diggs type of contract. It's going to be a big contract. It's going to be so big. Now you got you got him and Corey Davis. Yeah, but Corey, the, the Jets got an out after this year of Corey Davis. Corey Davis's contract after this year, I don't, I don't, I don't believe is uh, guaranteed. I'm looking at Corey Davis's contract now. His base salary in 2023. Is ten point yeah. So the Jets owe Corey Davis guaranteed salary this year thirteen million, but the Jets if they cut Corey Davis after the twenty two season will be saving ten point five million dollars. So I so I think this is probably Corey Davis's last year for us because I don't especially if he doesn't have like a really great year I don't see the Jets bringing back Corey Davis at. Ten and a half million dollars, unless he restructures that. Okay. But I don't, I don't see him restructuring when he's got one year left to go to free agency. Okay, yeah, I, I, I guess maybe you're right. Maybe we would have to make that move. I guess I'll have to eat my words. And- just, the way the way I look at it, and I've gone back and forth because there's a lot of good wide receivers in this draft. You know, you got Drake London, Chris Olave. Do you like Godwin? Yeah, I like Godwin. I like Godwin. Godwin's gonna be Godwin's gonna be a free agent. Uh, yeah, that's one way to go. Again, he's coming off of an injury. I know. You know? I know. I know. So that's scary. You know, the same. I was all about OBJ, but he's coming off a a pretty bad injury. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Interesting to see what you know. What they they might have to go after Allen Robinson. All right. And Devontae too rich for our blood? Too rich. Okay. <laughs> he's gonna go he's gonna go wherever I just gonna, thought I asked. Yeah, I know. He's gonna go wherever Rogers goes anyways. Okay. Right. But Greg, I appreciate the time. I well again, I'm thank just, you for having me. Uh, I wish I had more to say. I wish I did a little more homework and a little no, more. No, it, it's studying. okay. We get it, we get it. But everybody. Thank you for listening. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit the like, hit the subscribe. As always, you can catch us on all the listening platforms. Like, leave a comment. We appreciate it. That's, That's how we 
bring out all this content to you. The more you like, the more you see us, the, the more we could be out there and bring on more guests like Greg. Greg, I'm definitely going to have you on again before this uh, before this season is over. Oh, but cool. Thanks. <laughs> this all season is you, over. You, know, you, have a, you have an open invitation on our show. We always told you that. You, know, you and your buddy ever want to come on, your partner. You guys are more than welcome, you know. But before we head out of here, tell, tell my listeners where they can catch you guys again. Okay. We're on every Saturday. We, uh, um, we're on YouTube, First and 10 NFL slash New York Jets podcast. Craig, thank you for the time. Everybody, we're out of here. Peace.